Tarot ID. Kia ora, GM Droids, my name's The Captain and this is Moonbrain, your regular dose of droid dow goodness. Well, I say regular, it's, uh, it has been a minute. I miss you guys, I do, I really do. Um, I've had a few IRL changes and have been struggling a little to get my Web3 fix in, uh, but that's changing now and I'm hoping to have some more time to spend with you all. Look, I've got a very special episode for you guys today. It's the boss, John Droid, and his charming sidekick, Rooty. Uh, two beautiful men with massive, massive brains. Um, now, I'm going to do my best to try and keep up. How did... How did... Uh, going a little off piece already. How did Herman Melville describe that ship with too much sail up? He said it was like a... Um, like a dinnerless student with Aristotle on his head. Uh, well, that's going to be me. Uh, except I've already had a pie. Okay, for real, it's always such a treat to talk to these guys, so let's not waste time talking about dead philosophers when there are alive ones waiting to talk to me right now. John and Rudy, how's it going, guys? Yeah, so, good guys. Morning, good morning. How are you, Rudy? I'm good. How are you? Been it's a long time coming. Yeah, man, we managed to drag you out of the club. But you're like on a, I'm picturing you on a sidewalk in Manhattan just slamming some durries, as we would call them, cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> nah dude yeah life's been pretty hectic lately just been on the move but you know half half my brain's always on discord <laughs> it's kind of like the, i don't know about you ron i reckon rudy's kind of nailed the like how to survive a bear market vibe it's like just just get fucked up at the club and wait till it finishes oh a hundred percent i've been um as someone who doesn't go to um as many clubs as i used to i get a great deal of joy in um and watching rudy's travels around um around various places going large yeah yeah i think we all do i think um yeah man maybe that's some utility like rudy tours of like whatever city he's in like pay some droid and like rudy would take you out for a a night out in the casino with rudy oh yeah dude thank god i don't go to the casino as much anymore I had to pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> Went from casino Rudy to club Rudy. But yeah, I mean, you guys, what do you what do you think with the market? Souls is nearly cracking thirty. It seems like um, there's a there's a ray of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, any any daring forecast to make as we as we kick this off? We're back. The bull's back. I'm all in. I mean, personally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. Personally, I feel like it's honestly pretty good because the issue I feel like the market has right now is that, for example, when Seoul was at 200, people were spending their soul like it was nothing, you know, because inherently you just feel like richer and like like you have a lot more money. So you feel like you have a lot more expendable money. So like now, even if you have like more soul, like one soul equals one soul, whatever, but everyone's so much poorer because soul just drops so much. So I feel like in the short term, NFTs obviously might take a hit if soul keeps pumping, but it'll all flow back and it'll bounce back harder. So we'll see more liquidity. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's it, right? Like prices going up, liquidity coming in. I would, I would suggest as well that don't worry about what the NFT prices are doing. Like now, I mean, take profits if you think now is the time to do so, but um, uh, things will, be volatile and prices will bounce around, but this is only good. It just goes to show the sort of value in just patiently buying levels that you think offer value. Like 
I hate to think how many people are probably kicking themselves for missing sub 20 soul for the second time, sort of within a year. Um, doesn't mean we can't go back yeah. there, but um, it just shows like that anticipation of the market, how often things aren't as bad as they seem. It also means they're not as good as they seem, but just progressively building into the market is, is usually the best way to go for pretty much everyone. I mean, who, who who's going to always pick the bottom? Like there's some guy out there that manages to do it, but um, it's rarely going to be used. So just um, even on this pump, prices will come back. It'll look like another crash. It'll all be a fake out. Just pick your levels, plan it out and just be patient. Um, and that's really what's going to put everyone in good stead, which is what we're doing at Droid as well. I mean, it's nice sitting here seeing prices move past levels we've been buying at. That's the whole idea. But it kind of demonstrates how it can seem crazy when you're putting money at risk, but you always get left behind with these big crypto moves. So um, there'll be more in the future. So just take a learning from this one or the next one and just apply it the next chance you get because there's always more around the corner. But I, to your point, Ryan, I think you were about to say like what altcoins. I must admit like, and I've, it's been pretty transparent in the fact that like I've been trying to build some altcoin exposure for Droid because I suppose I thought there was upside um, on pricing um, mm. and Adam was that obvious one. Honestly, um, I think that is something that's comparable to Sol. Like the reasoning behind um, building a position there is for starters, there's obviously a lot of altcoins. It's challenging to pick um only one or two winners. I mean, I think when prices are down so low, there's an element of like when the tide goes up, every boat goes with it. Um, but the reason Adam, I think is interesting. There were probably a couple of things that stand out to me for one, it's cheap. So like that almost free feeling of transactions is certainly true on, on, on Cosmos. Um, but it's different. It, it isn't trying to be an Ethereum killer. I mean, I know people talk about Sol being that. It's not trying to be Bitcoin. It's not even trying to be Solana. Um, and so when I look at Adam and for what the next bull run will bring, I think when it comes to altcoins, it's ones that will be able to fit niches that are different to the other chains. I don't think it's enough to just say how fast is it or how cheap is it? Because once it gets past a certain point, they're all the same. And so Cosmos, I know when I... Um, used to look at it. I found it confusing how there were all the concurrent chains. But when you look as well at the narrative around Atom and where it's going in the next six months to 12 months, I mean, DYDX is moving to Cosmos, right? It's the biggest DEX. Yeah. And it's moving away from where it is onto Cosmos, clearly because for starters, where it is on an EVM is not working for it. And they've chosen Cosmos because of the very like niche different characteristic I'm describing, which is Cosmos more than anything else is able to interconnect to other blockchains in a way that others aren't cheaply and safely. And so in my view, like I know I've just started doing my tax for the year and crypto is a pain in the ass, like trying to reconcile that on centralized exchanges. But to me, like when there is a DEX, I mean, and we're invested in some and, you know, we're, we're trying to bet on them all growing, but like, to me, that's a space where, once it works, it's going to be an absolute flood and everyone's going to use them. And they're only going to be on chains, which uh, are cheap and fast. And and that's just, you know, I'm kind of going off, off um, on a segue here, but it's that differentiator that Adam has. And the fact that all of these new changes they're making to the systems over at Cosmos feed into the value of Adam as well, which has generally been what held back that ecosystem. So I see that as... Um, to me, an ecosystem that's really, really ripe for like enormous DeFi potential, which I think will be a massive narrative in the next 
bull run, not be several, but that's one. So, I mean, to just try to intersperse the conversation there with, with why we're um, bullish and why we've committed funds onto Adam, like to me, that that's essentially why. Um, and so what altcoins, I think maybe I've summed it up there, Ryan, I think ones which aren't just trying to be better at what something already does pretty well. I think those are the ones to focus in on. Yeah, it's interesting. Eh? And I think you're right. It's like finding those ones that have got a reason. So if um, if Adam is is doing the DeFi, the, there's going to be the blockchain that works for gaming at some point. Um, don't know don't know what it is. And, and I feel like um, every blockchain game I've seen so far has been um, terrible. Um, but when it when it happens, um, you know that that's gonna that's gonna be a narrative for that one as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That one I actually have no insight on. I'd love a I'd love a hot tip. I'm not close enough to the gaming community. I think um, I, just to try and draw it back. I mean, it could even be Adam. I mean, this is actually for those people who are like, why does Adam have those sort of they call it the Internet of Blockchain, the other blockchains? What's beautiful about Adam that's unique is that. You can actually build your own blockchain with all of the characteristics that specifically suit the purpose of your project. So if you were a game and you and you thought Ethereum was kind of where you wanted to be, but maybe the blockchain's characteristics, you know, on a technical basis didn't suit you, you just go and make your own chain within within Cosmos. And that's what um, I think will start happening more and more. Like you could be a company and think, I want to build my own blockchain. You would do it on Cosmos. Um so I, I see it filling a, a niche that's right up the alley of what you're saying, because why can't a game already work on Ethereum? You know, that problem isn't going to suddenly change, you know? So, um, yeah, just a just a final bullet point on, on why, Adam, that some people ask us ask me that in the chats, and hopefully that's a good uh, overview as to why. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still playing Rifters, just uh, hoping for that big prize. <laughs> oh man what a small oh, yeah. like for all for all that we try i mean that's just a classic crypto l um i suppose there's there's a few people who would sit back and say you know it sounded to be good to be true but um this one seemed a little different they were, they were so well funded seemingly had the right team but man i think we can all put them in that ftx basket hey <laughs> I think the timing was just a little off. Like if they had maybe started a couple months earlier, the bull market was, or like there was at least enough liquidity to possibly keep it going, at least for the ETH round, you know, yeah. maybe the next round after ETH, it might've blown up. But like, I remember back then I was complaining about like 24 hour NFT trading volume falling below a hundred K sold. Now it's at 25 K sold. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true, right? It's like that. Um, like when we were before we were recording, we were talking about that. Like we're in that part of the bear market that deals with the time capitulation. Everyone feels like I've been through a bear market. They read the Twitter threads, but um, like we've been in a bear market really ever since Droid started. Like Rudy, you remember back to the mint? Like we were yes, we were sweating over the sole price going from forty to thirty five, and then a couple of days before our mint, you know, it dropped to like low 30s um and like what we've dealt with now to to date like um has just been a consistent bear market and so um you know to me that definitely has defined a lot of how we've had to operate right like we can we can try and force like you know a a circle through a square hole but I, i mean what i think is best about where we stand as a project is we're kind of like a sprinter like ready at the 100 meter yard line i feel like um we've really 
set things up in a way that um, we're ready to just capitalize on the bull run. We don't need to figure out what our strategy is. We don't need to kind of prove ourselves or, 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 or beg for attention on Twitter. Um, and I'm not saying any of those things aren't kind of like the marketing side isn't important for our project, but this is that part of the market where there's, there's limited options that we can do outside of what we're, our strategy has sort of defined for us because I just, there's no, there's no response in the market. You know, the ecosystem is really quiet. Liquidity has gone. And so like the people who are in the project and certainly recently, a few people have tagged me and said, Hey, like we just, we need, we want to know what's going on. We're, we're fine with the strategy. We love it. We've been here from day one. We'll be here till day dot, but just give us like a bit of an overview and it is overdue, but I think that's what I want people to take away. Like nothing's really fundamentally changed. Nothing's even necessarily slowed down. It's just that um, we're now over a year old, which is, um, you know, in NFT years is a lifetime. Um, we're just kind of playing it smart is, is how we want to, it's how we want to see it. We're, we're still looking for deals. The reality though, is that a lot of projects out there are dying. There isn't, you know, it's not good for the project chasing equity deals now because, really those projects are going to suffer the same challenges that we face, which is even if they're well-funded with a good idea, there isn't that liquidity to sort of, to sort of fuel that growth. So we're just, we're just biding our time. Um, I mean, if we were to launch into like what's next, um, DroidFi has been a very frustrating uh, narrative over the last little while. Um, Sun Labs have not being able to deliver on the timeframes they initially estimated. And, and and there's lots of reasons for that. The, the main two, the first one really is, to be honest with you, Solana is a challenging chain um, to dev on. And what that means for people who aren't familiar, like FTX, when it collapsed, it actually took with it so many other projects, which themselves were actually really important within the Solana ecosystem. And when they disappeared, the services those projects offered um, went with them. And that's actually held back projects, even like Sun Labs, who have come into the Solana ecosystem um, from having those other tools and platforms where they can draw, maybe it's on-chain data, whether it's even just routing transactions. And that's definitely pushed them back. But also, they're still a growing company themselves, and they've had other projects which they've been trying to keep along. So, Rudy, you can vouch for this, man. We've we've been politely, aggressively pushing them in the background. And um I don't know. It might even be good for people to hear from you, but it, it does sound, and I've said this before, and I'm so hesitant to say it again, but the feedback we're getting is they, they, they really are close to the final main update to DroidFi, which will include the burning of the token. And to me, that does feel like a really significant milestone that once we reach it, will slowly build its own momentum. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that one, Rudy, on DroidFi itself and where we're at? Yeah, no, I mean... When we first launched DroidFi, the vibes and just like the momentum we had with DroidFi was amazing because I feel as though, you know, most people saw like what a game changing utility it was for an NFT um, and the integration we did with the NFTs themselves and the Droid token. And yeah, it's taken a while, but, you know, sometimes... We, we've pushed as much as we can and they've probably had their own things in the back end. Like if it was easily possible for them to do it by now, they would have, but it does feel though, as though after talking to them that we are approaching the finish line for most of the major milestones, at least in terms of like user PNLs, droid burn. And the exciting part is once we actually get 
like 99% of the platform fleshed out, then we can start onboarding more volume and capital into DroidFi. And that's where it starts getting even more fun. So, yeah. yeah. And I think like a couple of points too, to kind of look at the glass half full aspect. Um, the one thing that I think is true to their team and what we've got now is there's actually a touch wood. I'd hate for there to be something, but there's actually been no major issues with the platform at all. So not one single person the entire time we've had it open has come and said like, Hey, I've, like my funds have disappeared. I haven't been out of withdrawal. Like there were those little times around the withdrawal windows where we might've had to say to their team, Hey, there needs to be more liquidity, but everyone who's wanted to withdraw their funds has had them withdrawn. When we switched over to only quarterly, everyone had their funds airdrops. Like there's also something to be said for being able to launch to the public. It's a little bit later than we'd planned, but having an extended window, um, gives us that more confidence that when we do, we're not going to suddenly get slammed by people saying that there's these issues with the platform or various things they don't understand. I mean, the one side as well, like we've just gone through that, this time capitulation into the market and let's be serious. This could still be with us for months, despite, you know, a pretty impressive pump, but that liquidity that's drained out of the Solana NFTs that you were talking about, Rudy, like that's gone from crypto in general. And so this algo, where it's operating the options market, selling positions right. and, and buying positions and taking the, the the profit on each trade, that market has dried up as well. So um, it is fair to say that like those, that test period that we had before DroidFi, which was around, um, I mean, it wasn't that long after the collapse. The, the market was still extremely volatile. There was still volume. So we're very confident that when that volume does continually come back, um, people should see a reversion to the historical gains in DroidFi, which will amplify people coming in. It'll amplify the Droid burn. Um, but it's a reason why people are saying, why aren't we seeing 15, 20% returns on the assets? And it's just the the guys at Sunlabs have even said, we're taking less trades. Like we're not going to up the risk. We're, we're literally taking less trades, which means less returns, but it also means that they're, they're monitoring that risk. And I don't know if anyone's looked recently, but the returns on the USDC vault have, have spiked right so they're up now over 15 percent, and that's that's a that's a yield pool of usdc single-sided no impermanent loss at 15 percent. and if you go and look at around the ecosystem even look at mar uh, margin fire margin land there you know, that's going off in terms of everyone hyping that up you can't get those yields on that platform so like droidfi has a unique place and i think given time and once we go through another market market cycle where conditions start to actually suit that algo there's still so much potential there it's just that you know time has gone by and clearly people um are waiting patiently for us to say it's done but um that potential is still there and it's it'll, it'll happen overnight just like this pump happens you know and suddenly people think oh Solana's not dead like there'll come a time i think when um those returns in droid fire will spike across the board um and uh you know, people will be thinking, why didn't I put more in, you know, earlier, for example. Yeah. So can't be underestimated. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, just to touch on like an aspect of that, because I feel like to date, we've been pretty consistent and timely with like everything we do. And this is almost a little uncharacteristic of us to lag on things. Mm. Uh, I feel like DroidFi is probably like the first thing we've ever kind of lagged on. Yeah. But I mean, we still have like a minimum viable product out there, you know, it's going. I think people are just excited 
to get it out to the public, see the full finished platform. But I mean, we'd be lying if we said we weren't frustrated as well. But like we touched on earlier, we're definitely reaching um, the finish line. Definitely think we'll be with a full product by the end of this quarter. So exciting yeah. times for Droidfly. Yeah. And, um, and, and Droid, what about the, um, the, you touched on a little bit before, like the VC deals. Is there anything, is there anything out there that sort of is coming across your desk that you're looking at, or is it just, is it just kind of dead in, in, in that part of the market at the moment? So, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's kind of go through where, where they're at. Um, look at the moment we aren't exhausting a lot of energy, um, <clears throat> looking for deals now that doesn't mean there isn't good deals out there to be had but the way we look at it is um and we don't need to tell people a lot of this if we go and put in let's just call it 10 20 grand of the project's funds in an equity deal now i mean it's stating the obvious but that funds those funds just get locked up and when crypto has been down to be perfectly frank i've been thinking to myself i'd rather just hold solana like in the last you know two weeks solana's given back 50, you know, 40, 50% on, on some of the capital that we've held as Solana. And um, it just, to put it into equity or one of those VC deals in this stage of the cycle just feels like um, a little unbalanced in regards to what it means for those funds just being locked up. So um, the one deal that people would probably, if they've been around a while, see on the reports is just continually being pending is this fluidity one. Um and seeing as though we're here and trying to give a bit of detail, let me let me kind of provide a summary of where that's at. So like the fluidity deal um, is still, I suppose, technically live. Like we're in touch with their team. Um, their, their team, one of the guys is actually Australian in Adelaide. And um, they launched on Ethereum and now they've gone to Arbitrum where they have seen um, some good traction starting to um, take place. And what traction for them means funds being locked into their protocol Um which is what they need to, to, to kind of survive and thrive. But their, their success is still tied to activity. So the only reason why um, we haven't locked it off is because they've been willing to allow us the time to not commit because they actually understand the very points I'm making. The longer that we are able to wait, the more time we have to see how much adoption actually takes place with their protocol. So we get more sort of information and their roadmap is still to arrive at Seoul next. So I'm trying to, to be perfectly frank, I'm just kind of trying to spend time to, to narrow that gap so that it's closer to when we invest, if we invest in the end, to when they come over to Seoul. Because we want to be able to offer, much like we have with Sun Labs, is, is come up with an arrangement where droid holders get some advantage through their protocol. And we want to be able to do that on Solana. Um but I suppose really to kind of drill it back, I just don't want to give out 20K of funds that we hold in our wallet right now and can do anything with uh, and have it sit with them. You know, it's better for us to hold those funds. So I think that generally across the board, um, it's difficult for those reasons to find something that's really compelling to go into. Um, I mean, recently we obviously put funds into Nolus um, and that was great because that's um, that's already, you know, doubled at least on today's prices. But um you know, we have an opportunity there where the funds are held in the Nolus token. So if that goes up in value, so do they. Whereas giving someone equity in USDC, like you've got, you you take out that market price exposure um, as well. So I think for now, we're, we want to start to see some of the VC deals that we have in place really start to provide value back to the project before 
unless something super compelling, we um, we commit back. And it's exciting to see Cypher really start to be held up. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed in on Twitter, there's sort of Solana DeFi threads that are starting to go around. Cypher's right in that mix. Um, and, you know, their airdrops taking place now, you know, encourage all the holders to get out there and see if they can get a part of that. Um, but when we get those tokens, you know, those tokens will start to vest and we'll actually be able to ideally lock in some profit. And, and on an equity deal, you don't have that opportunity. So we're happy to expand there, Ryan. But I think that's kind of the, the general approach to, to those investments right now. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And had you, um, I think a while back, um, you guys were looking at um, some a mining operation. Is that still is that still live, or is that is is it a yeah, possibility? Yeah, yeah. Look, I have been dropping those hints. So obviously, we can go all the way back to when we were like talking to the team that had that access to Venezuela. We we obviously had like really good, strong internal debate in the project around the merits of, of going there. And it's fair to say that like that turmoil that that sort of started up in Venezuela. Um, I think just poured a bit of cold water over that risk. Um, and since then, what we've done is, is, is Adroid, you know, my co-founder who's over in Dubai, he, he does have a good network over there. And it's fair to say that it's clearly another region of the world where there's a lot of cheap energy. But the way access to those deals happen there is very much driven by people-to-people relationships and who you know. And it takes a little bit of time. And when I say a little bit, I mean actually a lot. To, to really try and find that partner who wants to work with you rather than try and just secure a deal where they screw you over. So the short answer what I'm saying is we are definitely, definitely still engaged with people on that. Um, Adroid is over there like literally every week um, trying to drive forward a couple of angles. Um, it sounds to people not connected to that area of the world, it sounds a bit ridiculous, but the Royal family and the members of the royal families in those Gulf states, they're the ones that have access to electricity. And we're talking like the numbers are silly. It's like one, two cent kilowatt hours, like, like it's insane what access they have. And then it's only through negotiation um, and what they get in return generally and who you know where you can get a cut of that pie. And um, it's it's almost impossible for us to really speculate on a time frame or even to say like it's definitely happening other than people probably need to listen to me and, and, and choose whether they take my word for it to say that Adroid is someone who does have um, a network where there is that potential um, and we are most definitely trying to secure something. But in saying that, we're not looking to just secure anything. Like the way I look at um, Bitcoin mining is there are opportunities out there to get five or six cent kilowatt hours, which sounds pretty good right now and probably looks really profitable. Once the halving comes and then the time after that and, We've all seen big, big dollars moving into Bitcoin. Like if you're not getting exceptionally cheap electricity, I don't think there's any point starting something because it'll look good for a little while, but it'll be questionable whether you really get your payback, whether you really make profit. So we're out there 100% looking for ways that we can bolt on to DroidFi. So we kind of see this mining thing as possibly being something where, you know, you log into DroidFi and there's another portal and it has a product that's offered that's linked to Bitcoin mining in some way. And, and for what it's worth, we're even talking to other um, fund managers um, that Sun Labs have connections to, to try and bring other strategies onto DroidFi. Um, but again, the urgency around these things, like we're not killing ourselves daily because the reality is, is if we brought on another strategy to DroidFi, how much likelihood is it that we could attract another million dollars TVL into it because of the state of the Solana market as it is? So what we're doing still is, is, 
driving these conversations forward, which because they're connected to real life licenses and businesses will take a couple of months to work out because no one can just come to a deal overnight, even though crypto kind of feels like it should, you know, people have that expectation. Like we're, we're trying to set up meetings with these people, talk to them, introduce them to Solana, introduce them to Droid, tell them why Droidfire is something they, um, you know, can be attracted to. Um, but those things are happening and we're doing it because we're trying to do it now so that bit by bit, we're closer to the bull run and we're closer to like platforms like Droidfire for our project expanding. But, um, you know, we wish we could say to people, yep, it's going to be a month. We're going to have a huge announcement. And sometimes projects say that, but we're not going to do that because it really doesn't accomplish anything, you know? Um, and my, 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 my hope is that we have some level of trust that people know that, okay, I know if I stick to this, these guys are telling me what they're doing in the background and, and all it takes is for one of them to really blow up for it to flow through to the project in a big way. Yeah, I think that that sounds super exciting. Um, you know, I've got quite a few global connections. If you do need me to kind of uh, open some doors or um, or grease some palms or whatever's required, I'm uh, I'm quite a high profile businessman, um, so I'm happy to lend my services if needed. Yeah, yeah, quotes in the mail. Yeah, mate, we'll get you on it when <laughs> when we when those when those when the kings and queens come knocking, we'll we'll send you in uh, to close the deal. To be the closer. Oh, it's it's what I've it's what I've always dreamed of. Um, and what about <laughs> and what about that? Like the NFT market, are you guys looking at anything at all? Or is it just kind of? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's funny watching stuff, um, watching the projects trying to launch at the moment. It's just it just seems impossible, right? Yeah, launching any NFT project right now, in my opinion, just feels silly. I mean, personally. Oh, I heard Studio 3 is finally going to launch. I don't know. I left the server a while back, but I think DroidDAO invested in them, right? John, how's... Yeah, that was a long time ago now. Um, look, the, due, the time between investing to now has clearly way beyond what we anticipated at the time, right? But yeah. uh, I have been checking in with their team occasionally. Um, and, and largely, I think the motivation to why they've delayed makes sense. Recently, when I've been talking yeah. to them, I have been saying to them, look, I think you should just launch and I think you should, and I, and I have said to them, and I think people who have pre-sailed, us included, you know, I hope in whatever sort of framework you launch with, do you really recognize um, that the people who bought in the pre-sale, like they need to get something that, you know, kind of compensates them for that. Not, not from like a, we demand it perspective, but more from a, we deserve a reward, so to speak. And and to be frank, like I have always been encouraged that their team has felt that way. And for anyone who hasn't actually kind of looked into their product, especially those who have who just bought pre-sales on the back of what Droid is, I actually think they are building something that has value. Um, 100%. I think, how would you describe it? It's kind of like, I mean, it almost sounds a bit funny when you talk about it now because we're in a bear market, but it's like a platform that, can be a meme factory for projects. So, I mean, hidden shout out again to Hidden Hunting, who recently kind of just dropped all those droid um, assets around the place. But it's kind of like they're giving a platform where people can go on there and just mass produce those. And the reason that's good is because when the bull market comes back, if any of us can remember it, those things just spread like COVID. So um, I really do see a niche for them. 
Um, I don't think it's a failed project. Uh, it's a hard time to launch, but I, I kind of like what I see still. Like it, it's a project that has value, and that's that's a lot more than what you could say about others that are launching. No, I mean, definitely agree because especially in times like this when liquidity is so low, NFTs are the bottom of the chain, you know? Like there needs to be a lot of liquidity in the higher stages, like low caps, mid caps, high caps. Like unless there's a lot of liquidity up there, coming into NFTs is tough. So, I mean, outside of a handful of projects personally, like Droid obviously, because I mean, we're not even like full exposure to Seoul. Like we have a treasury denominated in USDC. We have all these VC investments. We're not like a typical NFT project. So, I mean, I don't even count Droid as a part of it, but outside of a handful of projects, like maybe Seoul Casino right now, they're probably one of the only projects in my portfolio doing well. Otherwise, everything's been tanking. So, uh, yeah, the NFTs, Ron. I mean, it's 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 hard, isn't it? Like, um, I think more and more they don't suit our project, but um, there's still gems out there, right? Like, I think you just got to be selective. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it feels like we're almost in a transition period, right? Like we've had that first kind of that first wave of the cartoons and the PFPs and all of that side of it. And and to be honest, I think um, like I think Droid is ahead of its time. And I think it's NFTs are going to come back, but they're going to be very different to um, to what we saw the first time around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's ever going to be as easy as it was in the past. Because before, I mean, I said this once before, I think in the server, but all you really had to do was freaking be awake farm whitelist somehow that's honestly how john and i met all we did was farm whitelist from people <laughs> and then yeah. all you really had to do was mint and i mean everything would go up because it was just crazy people were buying everything so i mean i don't think it'll ever be that easy but yeah um, i mean okay. nfts will come back again like there's there's a certain like community aspect to it there's a certain like like you said greg there's utility in different aspects so NFTs will be fine, but I mean, we all know like 99% of projects are probably going to zero. So, <laughs> um, Rudy, can, can I ask what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done for a whitelist? Uh, oh my God, bro. Uh, you guys remember that project Blue Terra? The one oh, that yeah. you were, the yeah. land and whatever on some island, and they were going to do like some 20 soul mint when soul was still at like relevant prices. Um, so, I thought that was going to be a game changer, even though, you know, part of my mind thought that, oh, this is a scam. This is going to work out. Anyways, I never used TikTok, but I literally made a TikTok, made a whole like video post about it, about how like cool it is, this, that, posted that, got whitelist, deleted oh, TikTok please, after that. <laughs> please, please, please share the video. <laughs> All right. I'll, 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 I probably have it saved somewhere. Yeah. No, it's pretty wild. Oh yeah, just like one more thing I wanted to touch on, just in, in terms of Droid, um, I feel like a lot of people that don't currently hold a Moon Brain or a Saturn Ring probably aren't as aware of what's going on. But uh, just to touch on both, in terms of the Moon Brains, especially, um, that's like it's goaded for whitelists. Like that's honestly how we got Maddie working with us initially. Um, now he's going off for Droids as well. But I mean, your odds of getting these fire whitelists are much higher um in moon brain dow because honestly that i mean obviously they're just like less people you know 
um, and in terms of Saturn rings, they got so much going on, whether it's lending syndicates, just new mint syndicates, just blue chip syndicates. Um, so definitely worth buying a Moonbrain or a Saturn ring, currently only about like two times the floor. So worth about yeah. two droids. So definitely massive, worth it in my opinion. But... Shout out to the guys doing that. I, I think if, yeah. if there are holders who aren't holding a Moonbrain or, or a Saturn ring and, and haven't sort of seen what the guys have been achieving like um you know these 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 are operating as true dows at the minute within droid you know I've, I've literally um not had any involvement of the team and i don't know rudy i think i think kilo does a bit yeah. with the moon brains and that but like these guys are are doing it off their own steam and they're really doing it for the good of droid and um yeah i'm sure anyone who's listening that isn't already a holder just like tag nico in the in the chats um i'm sure he'll convince you but um there's something cool brewing there. I, I really, it's awesome to kind of see like something organically growing from within Droid. And again, like this is all happening at a phase in the market where people are questioning whether crypto is dead. And I just think, you know, what's it going to be when we, uh, when it really turns around? Like, you know, pretty exciting, I think. I, I have to, I haven't sent, um, as I have both moon brains and, um, satin rings, but I have to, I've got mixed feelings because of, um, the Saturn rings have got me into a six-week challenge, um, fitness challenge that's told me I can't drink beer for six weeks, which is, um, is, is, is someone coming from New Zealand is outrageous. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm nearly a weekend and I, I don't know, my skin's feeling clear. I'm feeling really healthy. It's, um, I'm, I'm not into it. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Nico. Shout out, Fountain. Shout out, everyone there. Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, uh, and maybe maybe this one we can I can send to Rudy. But um, could, Rudy, can you tell us a little bit about how uh, how Radar's doing and what's the what's the plan coming up for that? Yeah, yes, sir. We've actually been getting a couple more signups recently, so excited to get that rolled out. Now I feel like it's pretty much a finished product. I mean, we love it in the Droid server. Uh, the exciting part that's coming out now is the referral system. Uh, you know, between me, Kilo, and Punk, we can only reach so many people. I think the referral system is really going to boost radar, get it out to a lot more people because it's just so feature packed. Like, you don't need any other single bot. I think the biggest hurdle we've had in terms of pushing radar um, while talking to Punk and Kilo has been that people don't want to move away from Matrica, Matrica, Matrica. Um, but radar just does so much more. Like, you can. You can literally do like a whole snapshot of your holders. You can do trait-based verification. You can really just do everything like inline Discord, hype messages, whatever you need. So I really think the referral system is going to boost radar a lot. We're, we're just ironing out like the percentages of how it's going to work out in terms of like the referral percentages, how we want to airdrop and distribute the funds. Um, but that'll come really soon. Um, yeah, because I mean, it's already like if you like type in the inline command in Discord, like slash referral or something, um, you can even see the commands ready to go. It's just we got to roll it out. So that's going to be coming real soon. And I think radar is really going to start popping off. So, so Rudy, what, yep. what should anyone, if anyone's listening and they're like, oh, I'd love to kind of help grow Droid and radar, like what do you suggest? Like how, how can we kind of, recommend people help us with that if they if they feel motivated to do so yeah I, so within this week so john me and 
B Winks are probably going to meet within the next couple of days. We'll iron out the referral stuff and I'll get that posted out from there. Um, all the people really have to do is, I mean, I think all droid holders, especially probably know everything radar does from sales bot to everything. So, um, I mean, we can have templates, but in my experience, templates are less, uh, they drive less conversions. You know, I feel like when people genuinely are like passionate about a product and they go, you know, recommend it to someone it's much more likely to convert. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's better for the people that are referring the product, better for the project, better for everyone. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get some material ready for everyone to start pushing it out once we push out the referral system as well. So. Yeah, cool. And I mean, again, I think this even falls into that same bucket where like in the background we've been, I mean, Rudy, you, you can back me up here. Like the team, you know, with the wings to just like is a beast just working on it relentlessly. Um, like I'm we really beast. have to stop like trying to develop the, the documentation, the videos for it, um, all with the focus so that like time spent now, even if this bear market lasts for another three months, six months, like we aren't stopping trying to be as prepared as we can and getting that kind of bull market fitness ready to go um, so that we're there offering, you know, when the projects start popping up, you know, our strategy is going to be like, here, use our bot. Like it's ridiculously cheaper than anything else in the market and does 10 times more than what they do. So, um, you know, we really think there's a, there's an offering here um, that is, is just another sleeper factor of droid, you know, that, that will, will, slow and steady add value and we're doing everything we can to just make sure it's ready to go yeah recently actually had a project don't want to call them out by name i don't know if they're 100 ready but they swept up another five droids bought some droid off famous fox getting ready to roll out radar pro in their main dow and all their sub dows as well so exciting yeah and it's just it's just little by little right like there's never gonna we're not going to be able to sign up 100 projects right now because what what projects what hundred projects are there that which are even going to spend any money doing anything? You know, there's no yeah. royalties, there's no money flowing in. Like the, just the reality is that um, they're our customers and they're struggling, but um, there continues to be people that just pop in and, and we just need to get a few more projects lined up. So users become more familiar with it and slow and steady it'll build. So, um, you know, if anyone's listening, droid holders, if you know a project, um, hit them up, send them our way, you know, like obviously, the more that you guys are building that network for us, the more we'll see those results. So, you know, don't be shy. And um, as Rudy said, we'll be formalizing a referral program where you guys will be able to get some USDC for the sign-up that they pay, you know, splitting it with the people who bring them in. And, um, you know, we're really, really focused on trying to just keep building that base. Well, I mean, if it is, I mean, even even though we are in a bear market, you know, like it is a superior product and it's cheaper as well. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's not it's not a it's not that's a hard it. sell to other projects, right? No, that's it. They just often need to kind of understand that. Like, it seems obvious to us, maybe, but it's it's funny how people, especially in crypto, like they just do what they think is right. Oh, we better get Matrica, but Matrica costs like ten, twenty sol like a month. You know, we're talking about paying that for radar forever um, with five times the features, 10 times the features, you know, features which um, you're then paying other products for. Like eventually we think that if we can keep putting it in front of people, it's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hit, well, I was going to, I had a question about Redline. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me up with Redline. It's kind of, that's kind of my baby a little bit. That's a, 
it's it's certainly one that's inside Droid that um, I talk a bit about. But there's probably there's probably a large number of users which have kind of got their head around what it is, and there's probably some others which think it's this weird little pretty line graph that they're not really sure how to use. But yeah, what was your question, man? Okay, so someone like me, I I used to play around a little bit. I might I'd, I'd give my uh, my charting skills a, a three out of ten. Um, is this something that I could get involved mm-hmm. with and and kind of start making some trades and having some fun? Yeah, man, I think so. Um, tra- trading's a funny one, right? Trading's very different for different people. Um, I'm going to try and not sound like a wanker explaining this, but like, like if it depends what you okay for starters when you start trading, like really everyone's expectations are different. People think they're like, I'm just going to draw some lines, I'm going to jump on the tra- chart, and I'm going to make make money and I'm going to do that consistently. And the truth is like, it is insanely difficult to do that. Very, very few people are consistently profitable. It's just a reality. And I mean, it makes sense, right? Like there is no such thing as a free lunch. Now, Redline is an indicator. Now it's not a full system. It's not designed that you just get a chart, you stare at it and just every single trade, um, when Redline pings off a trade signal, you're meant to take it and it's a locked in guaranteed thing. Um, No more so than people who, they start trading and they use the RSI. Um, they might use the MACD. What or Bollinger Bands? What often happens? People they pull it up for the first time. They see RSI. It's super low, and they think, "Oh, it's everything's oversold. I'm going to buy." They do it once or twice, and it works. And then the next time the RSI falls down really low, they think, "Oh, I'm going to short, or I'm not. You know, I'm going to buy now because of how low it is." And it just stays there. It doesn't move, and they think. I don't understand why the market is going against me and they get frustrated and they leave trading, for example. So Redline is an indicator just like those are. It's not, you can't predict the future, but what it is exceptionally good at is trade filtering. Um, now, people will sometimes use Bollinger Bands and RSI. Redline is no different to any of these other indicators. You can use it alongside your other indicators. And the idea is that it just forms part of your system the way it suits you. So in a very simple way, Redline has a positive and negative region. When it's negative, it means you should be looking for shorts. When it's positive, it means you should be looking for longs. And when certain conditions line up, the flip between positive to negative is displayed by Redline as a trade signal. Um, And it does that when the market isn't choppy. So Redline is looking for trends. So it's not looking for reversals. The biggest trap people fall into, you know, especially today, like Sol pumps 30% and they it gets to this huge number and people think, oh, it's definitely going to come down. I'm going to short it. Um, and that, that's a reversal trade. Those trades are death. Those are the hardest to do. They're where people get wrecked the most. Redline's not looking for that. What Redline's looking for instead is it's trying to determine when the market is expanding from a period of consolidation. So, you know, trend following. So a bit like you look at the soul chart for the last two weeks, that's a trend. There's volatility in it. It goes up and down. Um, People who bought some of those mini tops a week ago and then got stopped out would be ruining the fact now that they weren't more conservative and had a wider stop and they just let their trade run. Really, the way that you should trade is to try and just find an entry. Don't put too much on the table give yourself a huge stop with lots of margin for error and let it ride for a long time. Redline is trying to find those trades. Now, if you put Redline on a one minute chart and expect to find a trade that lasts for days, like you're probably fundamentally misunderstanding timeframes and charts. But the way I use Redline, I actually really love, I'm going to nerd out a little bit while people are talking about it. I like the Ichimoku 
indicator. For those of you who don't know it, go and check it out. It's a Japanese indicator. It is phenomenal. I use Redline in conjunction with that because I'm just looking for conservative, high probability trade setups. So I wait where the two of them agree. I wait until they agree on a high time frame. And then I put in a trade where the market could move three, four, 5% against me maybe, but my stop loss is wide enough because I'm looking for targets which are further, far enough away, like the, the, the trap people fall into. And, uh, and again, Redline can't solve this for you is that they look at the four hour chart, they enter on every trade signal, they put a tiny little stop loss, they get stopped out, and then the price goes in the direction that they wanted to go in. So um, to try and draw back to what I was saying to you, Ryan, often the challenge with trading is that if you use the same tools that everyone else is using, chances are the market knows that and you're, you're going to find challenges in, in finding an edge. Redline is good because you know it's obviously not widely used because we built it. Um, so it's going to give you a different angle. And so if you're using common indicators, just give Redline a try alongside those and see if it just changes the way you see things. Um, see if it gives you slightly different signals. Maybe it confirms them slightly earlier. Maybe it even tells you to stay in the trade when something more commonly tells you to jump out. But um, I really hesitate telling people to just use it as a system. You still need to rely on your own intuition and use other tools alongside it. You know, no indicator by itself is just a path to a pot of gold. And and I'm you know I'm not going to promote Redline as some uh, magic bullet as well, but it is very effective as a trade filter um, and can be exceptional as well at giving trade signals. I mean, you just need to go. You can pull up the Sol chart right now on the four hourly and just look at where it's given trade signals. And if you counted the last five or six, three or four of them are significantly before, you know, five to 10% moves. And if you're getting six trades and four of them are that angle and you properly manage your risk on the other ones, which are losers, which will always be there and no indicator will ever eliminate those four out of six, you're well and truly ahead of the game. And that's, that's what I generally try and point to with Redline. I, uh, I just heard it. Uh, I think I heard you correct say this is a path to a pot of gold. It doesn't fail. Um, just go in full beans. Sounds good. I'm uh, I'm 100% in for this. Yeah. That that I, that, that was I the mean, message, right? How, that's, I think the Google Translate from Australian to, to Kiwi <laughs> must have been a little bit, a little bit broken, but maybe, maybe it was something like that. <laughs> and I, I I hear you, mate. That's um, it's it's such a cool it's such a cool system, and I think it's um, you know, it's just literally just another one of those gems that, you know, and it could be a whole project on its own. Um, this is, and then I think this is one of the, you know, one of the challenges with Droid is it's there's there's so much going on. I think it it's just kind of getting like new people into the eco ecosystem to understand um just the the breadth of um, of what you guys are doing. Yeah, I think, I mean, and with Redline, like we're just kind of like, it's a bit of a, just a, a sleeper thing inside Droid. Like again, is now the time to try and push Redline across the ecosystem, getting people to to, to pay attention and, and trade during a bear market. Like we have to be realistic about the resources to go into it. You know, we, we, we've got a channel. If, I mean, for those of you who aren't using Redline, there's a channel in the Droid channel where everyone who has it, has access um, 
and there are definitely people using it. I know, you know, shout out to Nexus if they're listening, like they're posting Nexus posts trade setups in the red line. Like I've seen some fantastic trades that have been on the back of red line signals there. So, I mean, if you're a droid holder and you've got spare droid and you're sitting there going, how can I, what can I use it on? If you're a trading view user, like what have you got to lose? Check it out, put it up on your chart, have a look, just try and watch it for a week or two. Um, it's essentially free if you're staking a droid because it just costs droid token to subscribe. Um, I don't know, Rudy, like if you've seen it for a bit, like yeah. is there anything to add there, bro, that you want to just kind of dovetail on the back? Uh, no, I mean, in terms of Redline, I mean, now we got the alerts out. Um, yeah, that's true. Like you said, started. I think, yeah, alerts are big. And I mean, like you said, I think the biggest thing is really just using it on the right time frames and as a part of a setup, not just like standalone, because it'll honestly just improve your trading system as a whole. Like you said, it's not like a magic golden ball or something. So, but yeah, it has, there, <laughs> but it has proven to provide a lot of very solid trades along with Nexus coffee also uh, yeah. really active and has posted some really good setups. So. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited every time there's a new user trying it out. Cause this really is like something that I built just over the course of a couple of years. I was, I was playing with it before droid and, um, took me time to get it out, but, um, I use it. I like it. Um, and when you really start to understand it, I think it's a, an effective tool and, um, I, I encourage people to, to, to see for themselves. What have you got to lose? Yeah. So, I mean, looking forward I, the way we're approaching sort of, you know, next week and next month is, is, I mean, it's really hard in this phase of the market where you can literally have the best idea, the best concepts, you could be really comfortable with your strategy, but the way to execute that strategy is just to stay patient. Like there isn't a lot that a project like us can do right now. We can't influence market prices. We can't, you know, there's, there's no NFT gems out there to discover. We can't just come up with some sort of utility that can just simply overcome the lack of liquidity in the Solana ecosystem. So I feel like what we can do and what we have been doing, right? Like even on a day like today, what's really satisfying about seeing prices pump is that, you know, for the last couple of months when I've been sitting down and writing the Droid Treasury report, um, you know, I can't hide from the fact that the number's been going down. Now, I'd like to look at that number and I've said it in those reports. I'm like, oh, you know, Treasury's fallen 3%, 3%, 10%. Often that's been happening when Solana might have fallen 20 or 30%, you know, and because we've been diversified and because our strategy has been to, to buy when the market's been fearful, you know, I was, I was buying Solana just a week or two ago at like $16. So, I mean, I wish I just went all in, right? Like this is always the hindsight factor where I was spending, you know, putting money into the, into Solana for the project and, there's always that voice when I'm doing it that says, man, I hope this is the right way to go. And I've got to write the treasury report and you're always open to that scrutiny. But what I love now is, you know, if these prices hold, you know, I'll be able to write the treasury report and just naturally through us being patient, buying bit by bit slowly, you know, we were buying Adam when it was last at $10 and then I was buying some when it was seven. And then right now looking at it, it's like over $10 again. Um, all that we've done is just the same thing, just, when there's been those days when everyone thinks the market is going to zero, we just buy a little bit more. When when the market comes off to a support level that looks like a really good zone, we just buy a little bit more. And even when the price then fades a bit down and I've got to write that treasure report, there is no doubt that you get filled with some doubt 
because that human voice in you says, oh man, like Solana's cheaper. Why didn't I buy it today rather than I bought it um, when I did? But I wrote in those reports, you know, I'm confident that if we just keep buying at these levels, we're going to look back in a month's time. Or, I mean, I think in the reports, I said a few months time, and we're going to look at them and be like, these prices look so cheap. And and I'm really pleased, at least temporarily, that I'm looking at Bitcoin at 31K, Ethereum's over 2K, and Solana's $29 now. And I was writing that only a couple of weeks ago when Bitcoin was 26, 27, Ethereum was like 17 something, and Solana was like $17. And all I wish I did now was that I bought more. But the good thing is that I at least bought some, right? And our project has got that exposure. And it kind of validates again a little bit why we're taking this approach because my hope is that we'll be doing this pod in six months time or a year. And if Solana is three figures and Bitcoin's 40 something and Ethereum's three something, like who cares if you bought it at 1650, 1710 and no one remembers that they bought it even at 18K, 1800 Ethereum at a peak and they had to sit through two weeks of feeling like an idiot because it went back to 1600. You won't even remember that feeling when the prices go to where we pretty much all agree they will. So, um, I mean, where do we sit right now? I mean, we're just in this phase where we're just trying to be patient, which is almost the antichrist to to a crypto enthusiast. And, and trust me, we feel it too. But I suppose it's days like this where it reminds you, okay, that was the right thing to do because when Solana pumps like this, you can never buy the pump. But when it does, you just get left behind. So um, I know it feels like we're doing nothing, guys, at times. But I think what the point I'm trying to get across is that's doing something in a market like this. That's the thing to do um, because there is nothing more to be done. Like, I mean, it sounds like some Buddhist <laughs> crypto mantra of sorts. But honestly, like that is literally the number one thing you can do at times like now. And if you're sitting here and you're ruining the fact you didn't buy Solana at 17 or $18. Well, if it gets back to 21 or 22 and you find yourself doubting, like, I think this is a good price level. I'm not saying that's the level to buy, but just try and remind yourself that those doubts generally are the times to buy. Um, so look, I don't know how you, how you guys approach the market and sort of contextualize what Droid does or how you guys approach it. But you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the strategy that we're continuing to try and put in place. And um, it seems to be working. Um, but it's on days when it's green that you feel confident it is. But that's that's the challenge, right? I you, you I had I was I was I was I was welling up with tears. <laughs> you go you go really. I was, it was it was such an impassioned speech. I was I was I was getting emotional. Kara, please you you talk, Rudy, before I start. I can't I can't hold it. Love yeah, it. and I mean, I was just gonna say our treasure like. Even if our treasury has fallen fall in the past couple months by a couple percent, uh, like John said, like compared to the rest of the market, still doing pretty well. And at the end of the day, our treasury is still higher than when we started at. And unlike other projects, we're not just working on like a runway with major expenses. We're super smart with like how we allocate and spend our money. And so like we just we're consistently following through with our plan. So it's not like you a lot of people hold NFT projects and, you know, most of them going to zero, most are probably going to rug. And that's just like not a concern at all with Droid. And I feel like most of our holders understand that. And that's honestly a huge value out of Droid itself. And 
I mean, like you said, we've been buying at good levels and today was low-key a breath of fresh air. And I feel like by the end of the year with all this like bullish news, like ETFs getting approved for Bitcoin, BlackRock majorly into crypto now, the Ripple case, I feel like by the end of the year, there's probably going to be a strong bullish narrative. So as long as everyone sticks around, I feel like there's a lot of money to be made. A lot of good stuff's going to happen. So. Uh, this has been this has been great, guys. It might be this is like one of those epic director's cuts of a film as well. And to, for the podcast, I think it's like uh, might be the um, the longest one ever. But there's just there's been so much in there, and it's been a long time between um, between records. So it was um, it was awesome to do. And, and you know, even like you know, sort of speaking as a as a holder, um, just hearing all the stuff um, that's going on and, and is happening in the background. Um, makes me even uh, even more bullish on um on what you guys are doing and and very very proud as always to uh, to be a droid yeah and shout out to you too as well rudy i know it's late and and and, and greg you're like you're at the beach you were saying i'm assuming on a holiday so like that all just ties back into like the satin ring and moon moon brain dows like despite everything we've said like bear market only the whole time droid's been around um like the project's only getting stronger and and at some point that'll be reflected in all aspects of the project. Um, I mean, it already is. I mean, even looking at our floor price and the strength, you know, it, it always hits these support levels and gets bought up. And um, it's testament to, to everyone listening. It's testament to you two. It's testament to Punk and Kilu and, and, and Bewinkst and, and Drake and just everyone else that contributes to the project and is in the chats. You know, like, I don't know about either of you, but you look in other discords and there's not much going on half the time. And Droid's not a massive project but like there's there's tons of activity and that's um everyone's looking for the full price we're here to make money but that's a utility in in and of itself and i think it's actually reflective of the potential that's actually sitting in the project waiting to expand when the market's there um i i can only see upside personally and um you know i think it's just a matter of time and we'll get through this and and yeah there's, there's some exciting times ahead all right, that's us for this episode of Moonbrain, guys. I am but a holder like you all, and um, I don't know about you, but I just, I really love listening to these guys talk about this project. We're, you know, we're deep, deep in this beer market where most uh, most founders have vanished, uh, and I think they have a team who turn up every day and are actively engaged, sharing their knowledge and all things, you know, including how to trade. You know, I think I think that speaks volumes about the integrity and, and passion behind this project. I'm very proud to know you all. Uh, I really value all the friends I've made here and look forward to talking to you all again soon, uh, either in the server or, you know, on our next episode of Moonbrain. Until then, adieu.